Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today is Tuesday, July 21st, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to Athlon Sports. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And we've got some stuff to get into today's episode. We're going to take a look at the latest watch lists that have come out that include a couple of Penn Staters on it. We'll talk a little bit about the latest recruiting news from a couple days ago as Penn State ended a drought of commitments. And I'm going to tell you why I really like a decision that was made recently by Wisconsin. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. If you enjoy what you hear, make sure you hit that subscribe button on all of your favorite podcasting apps of choice from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, subscribe to us and then leave us a rating and leave us a review. Not only do we appreciate the feedback and hear what you have to say, but it also helps with the growth of our podcast across those various platforms. And in the month of July, we're trying to get up to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you can help us out there, that would be fantastic. Of course, you can stay connected with our podcast in a variety of ways by connecting with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. Just use the username LockedOnNittany on all those social media platforms and make sure you turn on your notifications so that when we go live on those platforms, you can watch us as we're recording the podcast for you and interact with you as we record the podcast. So it's a pretty cool idea. Hopefully you get a chance to join us as we record the next episode. With all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. So a new week is beginning, and that means more watch lists will continue to come out as watch list season continues for college football. We still don't know what's going to happen with the season, but we know who some of the best players in the country that a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on are because these watch lists are letting us know who are some of the top players at the various positions out there. Two awards recently that have come out, or at least for the watch list, have included two of Penn State's best players. First and foremost, we'll talk about Micah Parsons, who had his name included on the Buckus Award watch list. This is the award that goes to the nation's top linebacker. Uh, it's not a, not a surprise at all to see Micah Parsons included on this particular watch list because he was a finalist for the award last year, and he's already widely considered to be one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker, if not the best defensive player in the country coming into the 2020 season. So obviously... Michael Parsons being included on the Buckers Award watch list, that was, that was a given. <laughs> There's no question about that. He is trying to become the third Penn State player to ever win the Buckus Award. The first Penn State player to win the Buckus Award was none other than LeVar Arrington back in 1999, and that was followed up six years later by Paul Puzlesny taking home the award in 2005. So for all the great linebackers that Penn State has had over the years, just two Buckus Award winners. Uh, that's something that is very likely to change with Micah Parsons. I will note, however, that Navarro Bowman, a former Nittany Lion, actually won the NFL's Buckus Award back in 2013 when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. His head coach at the time, of course, was current Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. But that's the, that's the only uh, presence that Penn State has in the Buckus Award to this date. Feels like for a school that considers themselves linebacker you, that that's something that you would like to see change. And Michael Parsons, again, clearly has uh, the odds on favorite to win the Buckus Award going into the new season, being that this is the award for the best linebacker in the country. The production he put up last year earned him a status as being a finalist for the award. Uh, so there's a very good chance 
he's going to once again at least be a finalist for the award. It would be very surprising and very disappointing if he doesn't make it to the finalist stage. And that would suggest that he had a, a down year. Uh, but, you know, if he puts up another 100 tackles this upcoming season, probably going to be very difficult with a reduced regular season now that I think about it out loud. But uh, I don't, so I'm not really sure what kind of numbers we're looking at. But certainly if he is among the nation's leaders in tackles and he leads Penn State's defense to some uh, very key moments and he forces the kind of uh, turnovers and uh, creates those big plays like he has been accustomed to doing in his time here at Penn State, uh, there's no question that Micah Parsons is going to have a very good chance to win that Buckus Award for the upcoming season. So again, only two previous winners of the Buckus Award at Penn State. One if more if you want to include at the NFL level. Uh, so Micah Parsons trying to bring the Buckus Award back to Penn State for the first time since 2005. The other award on the offensive side of the football. Now, if you actually if you listened to the podcast last week when we talked about uh, Pat Fryermuth being on the watch list for the Bolitnikoff Award for the top receiver in the country, not wide receiver, but the top receiver in the country. I noted that there was a very good chance that Fryermuth was going to have his name included on another watch list this week. The watch list I had in mind was this one right here. The Mackey Award goes to the nation's top tight end in the country. So again, Pat Fryermuth, not necessarily the, the clear favorite to win this award, like Micah Parsons is probably with the Buckus Award, but he's going to have a very good chance because he is going to be Penn State's probably most reliable wide receiver, or I should say most reliable receiver <laughs> again just to clarify this is the, for the nation's top tight end not receiver necessarily but I do think that Pat Fryermuth already has established himself as one of the best tight ends in the country there's some really good tight ends this year he is certainly one of them but he's not necessarily the the odds on favorite to win the award again like uh, Michael Parsons probably is for the Buckus award so Pat Fryermuth uh, is just the latest in a line of some really solid tight end plays, uh, players that come through Penn State. So you kind of see Penn State becoming a program that can recruit tight ends, develop tight ends, and send them off to the next level. I uh, should say that Mike Kosicki was a finalist for this award back in 2017. And again, no, no Mackey Award winners since the award was first awarded in 2000. So it doesn't have a tremendous history. Obviously, if this award were around back in 1994, maybe Kyle Brady wins that award because he was a top 10 NFL draft pick. So he probably has a very good chance to win a retroactive Mackey Award if we want to do that. But you can see that Penn State's uh, development of tight ends over the last few years, certainly under James Franklin, and actually you know, starting with Bill O'Brien, the, the tight end position has really become a strong asset for what Penn State does offensively. And that's only going to continue this upcoming season with Pat Fryermuth. So, uh, again, very good chance that Pat Fryermuth uh, makes a case for the Mackey Award. Excellent chance that Micah Parsons stakes his claim at the Buckus Award. But, you know, we see these two players once again being added onto watch list for some national awards. Not the first time, and I forget what awards we still have left to go through at the watch list, but I'll give you the rundown right now of where we are with watch list season as far as Penn State's concerned. So Micah Parsons has added the Buckus Award watch list in addition to the Bednarik Award watch list, and he's also on the watch list for the Lot Impact Trophy. Pat Fryermuth has now added the Mackey Award to the Bolitnikoff Award watch list, and of course... Um, some of the other watch lists that have come out, the Doak Walker Award for top running back has included two Penn Staters in Journey Brown and Noah Kane. 
And Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford is appearing on the O'Brien Award watch list. It's one of the many quarterback awards that are out there. So there you go. You got a good assortment of Penn State players appearing on some watch lists for the upcoming season. It tells you that Penn State has some talent to work with. And we've already seen with some of the preseason expectations that are put out there right now that there's lots of reasons to believe that Penn State could have a very successful season. Seeing these this many players appear on watch lists is just a kind of reinforcing the idea that there's some good talent here. There's a very good chance that Penn State can do some damage this year. As long as everybody comes together and as long as everything plays out the way that it's looking like it could, this could be a very fun year for Penn State. Could be a very weird year, but it could still be a pretty fun year for the Nittany Lions as well. As I was driving into work the other day, I noticed that one of my coworkers who was driving in front of me into the parking lot had a turn signal that wasn't necessarily working. So I told him, hey, buddy, you got to go to rockauto.com, put in your make and model of your car and get that taillight fixed ASAP, buddy, because we can't have you making left turn signals without people knowing that you're making a left turn. What's great about rockauto.com is they're a family-owned business. They've been doing this online for 20 years, so they know how to service their customers as best and most efficiently and most affordably as possible by using their online catalog. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com. You enter the make and model of your car, and it's going to bring you up the entire catalog of all the parts that they have available for your car or truck. And if you're looking for wipers, you're looking for oil, you're looking for some new rotors, you need some new wipers, whatever the case may be, they're going to be able to show you exactly what's available for your car, and they're going to give you the same prices that the pros get too. So what's not to like about rockauto.com? Again, all you got to do is go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car truck, and then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If it seems like it had been a while since Penn State last had a commitment come on board for the class of 2021, well, that's because it was, at least until Friday afternoon when linebacker Jamari Budden out of Michigan ended a 10-week drought of commitments for the Nittany Lions with his commitment to Penn State. This is a big addition to that Penn State recruiting class. Again, it's not the biggest recruiting class as of right now, but they're adding some good quality pieces, and we're going to get into a little bit of that right now. But first and foremost, you've got a four-star linebacker out of the state of Michigan from the Detroit area, boosting the Penn State recruiting class to number 25 in the nation, uh, according to the 24-7 composite rankings. Now, if you're saying, oh, number 25, that's not all that great. Well, give it time. Give it time. Penn State still has some room to, to plug in some holes in this recruiting class. And by the time you get to that signing day, the early signing period, if we're still having the early signing period, there's still plenty of room to make up. And I'll get into a little bit of what you can expect to see with those rankings as we move forward. So don't be too alarmed just yet. I mean, first of all, uh, a top 25 recruiting class is not that bad. It's just the fact that Ohio State has the number one recruiting class uh, in the nation, according to the same composite rankings. And Ohio State continues to lead the way as far as Big Ten recruiting is concerned. And you're seeing a handful of Big Ten programs still sitting ahead of Penn State in the Big Ten recruiting rankings. But I'm just going to tell you, don't worry too much about it right now because Penn State is still putting together some good quality pieces. And I think the fact that this whole pandemic has really thrown a wrench into a lot of recruiting efforts right now, I think that that's part of the reason why it had taken so long for Penn State to get a new commitment on board. 
Uh, you know, 10 weeks have passed by. Yeah, they obviously can't do any traveling. They can't have any uh, recruits on campus for visits or anything like that. So re- recruiting is in a very weird state right now. It's like that for everybody. So we don't want to give Penn State an excuse here. Uh, but it, I mean, it does make things interesting as far as the recruiting process is concerned. But the good news is Penn State has a four-star linebacker heading to the program. And that's got a lot of people excited right now. And deservedly so. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Penn State continues to pull some good, talented players out of that Detroit area. That seems like it has become a real focal point for Penn State uh, on a recruiting cycle uh, year in and year out right now. This is the fourth player they've pulled out of the Detroit area. And you figure, uh, you know, Michigan and Michigan State and, you know, obviously some other schools are going to be flocking to that area because there is some good talent there. And that's not to say that they're taking all these talented players away from the Spartans and the Wolverines because uh, those two schools are still going to get their dose of players from that area. But the fact that Penn State is able to go in there and once again pull out some talented players, that's a good sign of where Penn State is in that region right now. Again, they're not necessarily going to take all the top prospects out of the state of Michigan uh, from the Wolverines and from Michigan State, but being able to go head-to-head and win some recruiting battles in that state that's pretty cool, and that, that's always a good sign. Uh, so as I said, uh, this puts Penn State's recruiting class right now at number 25 on the 24-7 composite rankings. They only have 13 commitments, though. If you look at all the schools that are ranked ahead of Penn State, just about all of them have more than 13 commitments, and that's part of the uh, math that goes into the equation. I don't know exactly how they put all those numbers together, but I do know that if you have more recruits, odds are you're probably going to have a higher ranking. And I've always said, and this is very true, especially in recruiting, it's not always necessarily about your quantity, it's about your quality. And Penn State with 13 recruits has some good quality uh, throughout. doesn't have the, the top tier quality that I think a lot of uh, people are hoping to see at Penn State, but that doesn't mean that uh, there won't be <laughs> at some point in time. There's still some opportunities out there to land some five-star players, or at least a, a five-star player right here in the state of Pennsylvania. And I think it is interesting that speaking of Pennsylvania, that Penn State has kind of shifted away from that whole dominate the state mantra that James Franklin took into the the job when he was first hired. Remember that the, the talking about dominating the state, he was talking about recruiting. He wanted to keep the top recruits in the state of Pennsylvania uh, very close to home. He wanted to take over the state of Maryland. He wanted to make New Jersey a part of that Pennsylvania recruiting tactic. Uh, so he wanted to dominate the state here. He wanted to dominate the state uh, across the borders of New Jersey and Maryland. I think he realized that you know, dominating the state of Ohio might be a little bit difficult, so he kind of refrained from that. But he wanted to make it known that, uh, right from day one when he was introduced as the head coach of Penn State that they were going to go out and be dominant in recruiting and keeping that top-tier talent uh, uh, from leaving the region, leaving the state. And at at first, that worked really well. <laughs> and now the uh, the shift in recruiting philosophy seems to have migrated a little bit. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean that he's abandoning Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Maryland because there are still a lot of really good, talented players to go after in those states. But uh, again, going back to the idea of going into a state like Michigan, going into that Detroit area and being able to pull some top-tier, you know, top-talented players there, that, that bodes well for your program as well because you want to expand your reach. You want to establish new pipelines wherever possible. If there are talented players 
more talented players in one area and it doesn't happen to be in your state, well, guess what? You need to build that pipeline and get those players to come into your state. Uh, and again, when the top players are in your state, you got to make sure you make a full-blown effort to keep those players from leaving for other campuses, campuses as long as they fill your needs. I don't necessarily think that not getting a five-star player from your state is the end of the world if that player doesn't necessarily fill any of your you know needs at that point in time. Only three recruits right now in Penn State's recruiting class come from the state of Pennsylvania. That's athlete Lonnie White Jr. from Malvern, offensive guard Nate Bruce from Harrisburg, and kicker Sander Sahayek from Bethlehem. So, you know, Penn State has a couple of recruits from Pennsylvania, but they're not necessarily the top tier recruits within the state. Now, Lonnie White Jr. is, I believe, uh, the 10th rated recruit uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. So they got at least one top 10 player from within the state. And there's still an opportunity to get some of the other top players in the state. Now, they are favored right now on the crystal ball on 24-7 sports to get offensive tackle Nolan Rucci of uh, Lidditz. He is the number one recruit in the state of Pennsylvania. And I probably just butchered his last name, but he's the number one recruit in the state. And Penn State, according to the, the people that make these predictions as of right now, they, they are a favorite to win his commitment ahead of Wisconsin. And, you know, when you're talking about an offensive tackle, you know, Wisconsin's going to go for those guys. <laughs> and uh, if you can win a recruiting battle for a, a star studded offensive lineman from Wisconsin, that is a feather to, to put in your cap. So Penn State right now is still the favorite, not by a landslide, but by a sizable margin. And so it's worth keeping an eye on there. So Penn State has a very good chance to land the top player in their state. So that would help the whole, the whole dominate the state idea. Uh, because if I think if you're Penn State, you want to keep the number one player in your state from leaving the state. And you certainly want to keep them away from Pittsburgh. But uh, So I think that um, as far as that is concerned, that could certainly help boost the current recruiting ranking as well. Uh, they're also in the mix for a four-star safety, Derek Davis out of Monroeville. He's actually the number four player in the state of Pennsylvania. And the crystal ball forecast is very favorable for Penn State in that recruiting battle. So there's a very good chance that Penn State's going to land a couple more top 10 players in the state of Pennsylvania. So if you're looking at recruiting rankings and you see that some of the top players in the state of Pennsylvania are going to Ohio State, they're going to Clemson, there's there's somebody probably going to Notre Dame as well. I don't, I don't have the ranking in front of me. Actually, I do have the ranking in front of me. Uh, so you've got players going to Ohio State, uh, a couple going to Ohio State, one to Clemson, a couple to Georgia. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a, a player going to his state as well or his, to their school as well. Uh, but Penn State uh, has a chance to get three of the top 10 players in the state of Pennsylvania. I think that that's good. I don't think it's uh, the, all that bad. Certainly, you probably, if you want to dominate the state, you probably want to see a couple more of those players. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And again, if you, know, if you don't have all the top players in your state, then go to other states and get some of their top players. So I think that they're doing some really good things in the state of Michigan. Uh, certainly, they can do some good things in Virginia and Maryland, and I do think that they're capable of picking out some recruits from New Jersey, although Rutgers has been doing pretty well in the initial surge with Greg Schiano. So there will be some interesting times ahead for Penn State on the recruiting trail, but right now I think all things are looking pretty solid. They're, they're certainly stable, and if you look at the ranking right now and you're disappointed by the number 25 when you see so many other teams ranked ahead of them, don't worry just yet. Uh, these rankings will change, certainly by the time that we get closer to that early signing period. For instance, Penn State is currently ranked 7th in Big Ten recruiting, according to these composite rankings. Now, Ohio State is clearly number one. There's no question about that. Michigan is number two. 
That's not all that surprising either. But Penn State is also behind Wisconsin, Iowa, Maryland, and Minnesota. Let's give Minnesota credit. BJ Flex got something working right there. And Wisconsin, they're always going to get some good, talented players as well. You can't disrespect that. But expect that Penn State will eventually be able to move ahead of a program like Iowa. Maryland might be pretty interesting because I think Mike Loxley has actually been doing some pretty good things on the recruiting trail for the Terrapins. But, you know, I think if Penn State gets a couple of these players that we just mentioned within the state of Pennsylvania, those recruiting rankings are going to start fluctuating in a hurry. And I think if Penn State gets a couple of those players, then they're going to leap over a program like Minnesota, um, probably can get past Maryland, and certainly have a very good chance to go ahead of Iowa. Iowa doesn't always necessarily have the top-ranked <laughs> classes within the Big Ten, although Kirk Ferentz has done some really good things. We're going to talk about Kirk Ferentz in a little bit, by the way, but I, I would not be too concerned right now. The good news is Penn State did move ahead of Rutgers in the Big Ten rankings, so there you go. All right, let's have a little bit of a serious conversation to close out this show because I want to make you guys think a little bit. I want you to do a serious, deep thought into what you're thinking about right now just to kind of get where your head is at regarding some of the more serious uh, social equality issues that we've been talking about uh, sometimes on this podcast but also in real life over the last couple of months because we have had some serious conversations going on there's been a lot of news coverage about the, the reactions that we have seen to uh, cases of social injustice and the search and the fight for more social equality that has been going on for a, a long time, <laughs> to, put it, uh, to put it bluntly. Uh, the, these, these arguments and these uh, pursuits for racial equality, social equality, just have been going on for far too long. It's time to make those changes right now as far as I'm concerned. And I got into this conversation a little bit over the weekend with somebody regarding the naming of the Washington or the the, uh, the Washington NFL franchise. As you know, they are very likely to be changing their name in the near future. Don't know how soon a name change for that Washington team is going to happen. But I say it's long overdue. I think it's about time and I'm glad to see it's happening uh, for real this time. And I got into the conversation because, uh, you, know, you know, sometimes you have to have a conversation with people or somebody that feels differently, has an opposing viewpoint to kind of get where they are and try to reason with them as best as you can. Because regardless of what side of this conversation you fall on, it's always good and healthy to have those conversations. Because if we don't understand what somebody else is thinking, then we're just going to completely ignore it and just write them off and just we're never going to make any progress. So. I, I'm telling you right now, I am in favor of Washington changing their NFL franchise's name. I've been like that for a long time now. I think it's long overdue. I'm ready to see it, and I can't wait to see what they change it to. And hopefully it's going to be something that's kind of, I guess, traditional, because I feel like you can't go too out of the ordinary with a name change for this franchise. I, I would like to see something that is, has a little bit of a, a throwback kind of a feel to it. I don't want to go completely off the board here with the name change but I, I am very curious to see what they do with it and I, like I said I'm I'm in favor of it I, I'm, I'm ready for seeing that kind of change happen but of course uh, one of the things that gets said to me is well if you change the Washington name well where do you stop and I guess and my, my gut reaction my instant reaction to that is why do you have to stop you know why the, the, the counter argument was well I mean there's always going to be that somebody that's going to be offended so I said, well, so what? <laughs> That's just how I feel. It's like, 
is, it, to say that there's always going to be somebody that's offended by something, I think is a defeatist attitude. That's just how I feel. I mean, yes, I, I admit there will probably always be something that offends somebody out there. I don't think we can 100% eliminate any uh, anything that's going to offend just one person out there. I think there's always going to be one person out there that's offended by something. But guess what? That doesn't mean that we can't try to find ways to not offend more people. You know, you could do it a little bit at a time. Eventually, that's going to add up, and then you have fewer and fewer people being offended by something that they feel is racially insensitive. I feel like that's part of evolving as a society. So I encourage you guys to have those conversations with everybody, regardless of you know political leans. It's it's okay to have conversations with people with opposing viewpoints. It's not always easy, but it is healthy to do those things, to have those conversations and kind of see eye to eye as best as you possibly can. You may not agree when you are done with that conversation, but at least you have had the conversation. And I think it's good and healthy to do that. So I encourage more people to do that. And the reason I say that is because we are seeing more and more, certainly in the world of sports, where we are seeing players come out and speak more about these social issues and the social injustices that have been going on. Uh, certainly, the, the the murder of George Floyd really sparked a lot of heated conversations and really ramped up uh, these discussions to degrees that I don't think we have seen before. And, and maybe it's because everybody's been stuck at home. Maybe it's the pandemic. I don't know. But for whatever reason, it feels as though we're now at a point where we can have more of those conversations about social injustices and to see the sports world come together and you know, follow in that conversation, I think is encouraging. I really do. I really do feel like student athletes, professional athletes coming out and having those voices heard and, and lead the charge for the changes that we probably have should have made decades ago, maybe centuries ago, if you want to get into it. I, I, I feel like that is a very positive sign. And when I see coaches come out and support that, and I see schools come out and support their players for having those conversations and being a part of that community that is trying to make changes for the good for everybody, I think that that is a good thing. Now, I'll be very curious to see if Penn State does anything. I know we go back to last fall when we had the letter sent to a player uh, from some idiot uh, suggesting that this player should be representing Penn State more in the way that he envisions it, um, you know, the, commenting about the the hairstyle the tattoos ridiculous stuff from that guy we've we've had that conversation but i think it's interesting that we're now following up on that right now we're you know we're taking the next steps and you know penn state certainly is one of those programs that is going to be a part of that because you know james franklin is an african-american as well so we know that this is a an issue that will be addressed very thoroughly i think by penn state as a family and a community and a football program uh, moving forward because I don't think it's uh, something that they can ignore. Outside of Penn State, though, we are seeing some conversations around the Big Ten. I'm not going to get into it here, but there's been some ongoing coverage of what's been going on with Iowa under the leadership of Kirk Ferentz. And the report just recently from Hawkeye Nation suggesting that Kirk Ferentz was aware of these racial issues and concerns from his players a year before players started speaking out. So, a little bit of an ugly situation. It doesn't look as though Iowa has handled it the, the way you would like to have seen. I will say on the flip side, though, Wisconsin, I kind of like what Wisconsin is doing. I don't know if you saw this, but Wisconsin is going to add a black W to its uh, crest logo 
if you will. I mean, they've usually traditionally been a white W in this little crest-like logo that they have had for their university and their athletics. And now they are going to make that W black. And that's a symbol and a sign that they are staying together and bringing together people of all backgrounds. And I think that that's a pretty cool move. First of all, it looks pretty darn cool. It looks pretty darn sharp with the black W. I've got to admit that right off the bat. I think uh, from a design standpoint, that actually works for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> when it comes to uniforms, I've always said that you know, uh, an alternate black uniform just for the sake of having an alternate black uniform was so stupid to me. But I do think that Wisconsin adding a black W to its crest logo, I think it's pretty sharp. I, I think it's a really brilliant design. I think it works aesthetically. And of course, symbolically, I think it's awesome. I think it is perfectly designed and perfectly fit to have the black W in that Wisconsin crest. If you didn't get a chance to see that yet, I will link that in the show notes because I want you to check it out. And I, I bring that up because I, I'm curious, is there anything that you think that Penn State could do on a similar level to kind of show that same sort of unity? I'm not suggesting that you fill in the white space in the Nittany Lion logo in black. But I'm curious to see if there's any idea out there for what Penn State could potentially do as far as showing unity uh, for communities of all backgrounds. Uh, is that something that you want to see? I know it might be a touchy subject for you, but that goes back to what I just said. Have those conversations. Have those conversations with people right now. Let's promote some positive changes in our society because you know I just got finished watching Lost. And I can't stop thinking about the, the, the famous Jack line. It's like, if we don't start living together, we're going to die alone. I think that pretty much settles it here. I think we all want to live together. I think we all want to be part of the same community. I know this nation is so divided right now on so many issues right now. But I just feel as though if we can make some small changes and we can have some open dialogue with some people of opposing viewpoints and kind of come together and get people to understand others a little bit more, this world would be a whole lot of a better place. And I think it's awesome that we are seeing so many student athletes come out and speak out and have their voices heard. I think uh, from Penn State to around the Big Ten to around the country, I think we're seeing it more and more. I think we need to see it more and more. And I think they need it more than ever. But that's going to do it for this episode. So now go ahead and have those tough conversations with the people in your life, coworkers, family, whoever it is that needs to have that conversation with you. Make sure you go have it some point this week. It'll do you a lot of good. I promise you. But we want to make sure you never miss a single episode of our podcast, the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on all your favorite podcasts and apps from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Where you now, we're also trying to get up to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you subscribe to us there, make sure you hit that rating and hit a review for us. Let us know how we're doing. We genuinely do appreciate any feedback that we get from you guys. And it'll just help with us with growing the show on Apple Podcasts and other podcasting apps as well moving forward. You can also stay socially connected with us by connecting with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my coverage of Penn State and other Big Ten related topics over on AthlonSports.com. I have a couple assignments that were due this week, so I'm looking forward to sharing some of those uh, pieces with you guys as soon as they become available. 
And yes, Penn State will be included in those conversations. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Also, turn on those notifications on those social media platforms. So when we have a live stream that goes uh, up and running whenever we try to record a new podcast or if we're just going live to have some fun conversation with you guys, you'll get notified directly on your phone or your mobile device, whatever it is you're using, iPad, I don't know. But you'll get a notification to letting you know when we do go live so you can be a part of our conversation and have some fun hanging out with us there as well. Lots of other stuff on the Locked On Podcast Network, so if you are interested in any of the sports that are coming back, Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, NBA, of course, make sure you check out all the shows. We've got the league shows. We've got the team shows. Lots of stuff going on right now in the world of sports. It's an exciting point in time, and pretty soon, hopefully, we'll be able to include college football in that conversation as well. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go one and note today. We'll be back again very soon with a new episode for you. So until next time, I'll talk to you later. Thank you.